Welcome, you're listening to a broadcast from Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partners for smart and powerful giving. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Kurt Nola, Director of Member Relations here at Barnabas Foundation, and joining me today is my colleague, Cindy Remersma, our Director of Gift Administration. And today we're here to talk to you about donor-advised funds. Before we jump into the topic for the day, a couple of housekeeping items for the morning. Um, if you have a question during the broadcast, feel free to type it into the, uh, the Q&A section there at the bottom of the Zoom window. It'll come up on our screen here and we'll address those questions as we're able to throughout the morning. The broadcast will last 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how many questions we get. Um, and we are recording it. So if something you hear today um, is something you'd like to share with a family member or a friend, um, you will be able to find the recording of today's session available at barnabasfoundation.com slash interactive, and it'll be posted up there by the end of the day on Friday. Now, um, for those of you who don't know Barnabas Foundation, we've been around for about 45 years, helping the generous uh, Christian supporters of our nearly 200 member ministries across the country give more effectively um, to the ministries that are near and dear and close to their hearts. One of the tools that we've been able to use or the donors have been able to use over the years uh, in doing that is a donor advised fund. Um, and we're going to talk about that today. Barnabas Foundation does sponsor a donor advised fund. Ours is called the Stewards Fund. And so you'll hear us refer to that uh, throughout the morning. So with that, um, let's just start off with the first thing uh, that people might be wondering, Cindy, you know, what is a donor advised fund? Yeah, I think in explained in its um, the easiest, most simple way is to look at it like a giving checking account where you make a deposit or a charitable contribution into the account. Then that money is there. You receive a charitable deduction at the time that you make the gift. And then that money is there waiting for you to distribute through a grant to your favorite charities. And that can be done at any time. Some people will distribute it right away. Others, um, they may have funded the account with um, a sizable gift and that might be their giving for the next five years. And that money is in that account then for them to distribute to their favorite charity whenever they feel called to do that. Excellent. Um, so donors you know, always wanna know what are the benefits? What, what are the benefits for me to give instead of giving directly to charity? Why would I wanna give through a donor advice one? You know, there, there's a number of benefits. Um, first of all, timing. It allows you to make the right gift at the right time. You get an immediate tax deduction when you make the gift to your donor advised fund. And then there's also flexibility. You can recommend those grants out to charity at any time. As I said in the example I gave where, where you get the immediate tax deduction and then that can be your giving for a number a number of years, um, however you want to do that. So it's really flexible. You can make the grants at any time. They're done online. So you have flexibility to go online and recommend those grants whenever you feel called to do that. It's also really simple because if you make that one you know, charitable contribution to your donor advised fund, you receive an immediate tax deduction. So that's one sheet of paper you have to give to your tax preparer to prepare your taxes at the end of the year. Also, a donor advised fund allows you to be anonymous. You can send those grants out anonymously to the charity and they'll never know where it came from. Um, so that's another option. So there's a variety of benefits that you can that you can receive in giving through a donor advised fund. And we've seen donors leverage our DAF in lots of different ways over our decades of running one, right? From replacing their private family foundation with a DAF because mm -hmm. it's simpler and easier to manage yeah. to 
um, using it at a, as a, a tool when they had a major divestment event, when they're selling the farm or the rental property and they mm -hmm. want to set aside charity for a period of time mm -hmm. uh, or the monies for their charitable giving for several years mm -hmm. to um, people completely replacing giving and just mm -hmm. using a DAF so that they are always giving asset-based gifts. Right. Especially, yeah, especially with giving appreciated stock. It allows you to make one stock gift to your donor advised fund, receive one charitable receipt, and then distribute mm -hmm. that money out to the charities instead of having to provide that you know information of each of those charities to your advisor to distribute the stock. So it really makes that getting a lot easier. Excellent. Um, we did have a question come up, but I want to stick with what you were just saying there for just a second. So we talked, you just mentioned stock gifts. Mm -hmm. What else can donors make or give to a donor advised fund? Yeah, the most common is cash and appreciated stock. But there's a variety of other appreciated assets that a donor can give from farm commodities to livestock to cryptocurrency is one of the, the newer ones that they um, that have come up to, to real estate. And it can be a partial interest in, in real estate. So if it's an appreciated asset, um, you can you know, most likely give it to your donor advised fund. And we're, help, we're, we're able to help donors work through that and whether it would be a good gift for them to give. Mm -hmm. Key point there was a partial interest. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about um, that divestment, if you have an asset that's illiquid, the real estate holding, the private business interest, um, and you're thinking about selling it, but you'd really like to perhaps do something with a charitable gift to help reduce some of the taxes mm -hmm. um, or set aside your giving for the next few years, mm -hmm. um, you can do partial interest. And so that's where our experts, Cindy and others on our team are able to help you think through um, those types of gift transactions and say, what makes mm -hmm. sense? What makes the most sense from you from a tax planning perspective to set aside? Right. Um, what should you not give? And then we're going to come to the question yeah. that Peggy posed. Yeah. What should you, what can't you give to a Sure. Donor? So there's, there's a couple of things that I want to make sure that we talk about that are not good gifts to a donor advised fund. Um, more recently, um, giving from a qualified charitable distribution from an IRA for individuals 70 um, and, and over is really popular. Unfortunately, a donor advised fund does not qualify to receive those gifts. So that's really important to know up front. Another is securities held less than a year. If you've held your stock, um, let's say you bought it nine months ago and it's really appreciated and you want to give that stock, unfortunately, the IRS says that your deduction for gifting that stock is limited to what you paid for it, the cost basis for that stock. So you want to make sure you're holding that appreciated security for um, longer than one year. And then also stock said, or any kind of real estate, whatever that might be um, value, current value might be less than what you paid for it. In that case, you're gonna wanna liquidate that asset and it makes more sense to gift the cash from that. Recognize the loss and then gift the cash. So those are really kind of the three main main items that doesn't make sense to make those gifts to a donor advised fund. Excellent, thanks Cindy. So let's take a look at a question that, come up, that came up here. And if Kim, you can bring that back up on the screen for me. Um, I know Peggy was asking, um, do you have to itemize the deductions in order to have um, uh, for the giving to be more tax efficient and tax deductible? Not necessarily. Um, you're by giving appreciated stock, you're avoiding recognizing that capital gain. So even if you don't take the charitable deduction, it is beneficial to you from a tax perspective because you're avoiding having to recognize that gain if you were to have sold that asset and gifted the cash. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily do you have to you know, do itemize your deductions to make have this type of giving make sense for you. Phenomenon we've also seen the last few years since the last tax law change, which essentially doubled the um, personal exemption, right? Mm -hmm. Or the standard deduction, not the personal exemption to $24,000 for a couple. 
was we saw folks that saying, well, we, you bumped me out of the itemized category, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't have that much in itemized deductions anymore. So we're seeing some folks double up in one year yeah. in their charitable giving where they've, they've overloaded their DAF essentially with a double gift one year. That way they're able to itemize that year and take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And then the following year, they just take the standard deduction, but they still have that giving for two years set aside. And so they're gating from that. So if that's a tax strategy you want to explore, you can certainly talk to us. Be sure to talk to your accountant as well and make sure yeah, that it makes sense. Um, we're going to touch base on a couple of the other questions that popped up here in just a second. And one of them is actually going to be addressed by this next question about donations being given to any qualified charity. You know, it's so what charities can people make their distributions to like out of our DAF or any other sure, DAF? Sure. So it has to um, be a, a qualified U.S. tax exempt organization. So think of your typically you've heard of maybe some of these organizations called the 501c3 organizations, which is how they're categorized by the Internal Revenue Service. So that have to be a public charity. Um, also could make gifts to, say, a, a U.S. You know, state or local government. You can make gifts to those organizations or any you know, church or religious organization as well. So those are kind of the three main categories of, of organizations that people can, people can make grants to and distributions mm -hmm. to. Do we um, disallow any distributions out of our DAF? We do. Um, so there's a couple couple things. Um, first of all, Barnabas is a uniquely Christian organization. So we're not going to make distributions to organizations who have missions that are inconsistent with our Christian beliefs. But there's also some... Um, some public disallowances, so to speak, that, that are not allowed by all uh, donor advised fund. And, and that is that we're not able to make a grant that's gonna pay for someone's tuition, an individual's tuition. You can make um, a grant to a tuition assistance fund, mm -hmm. but you can't make it to support a specific individual's tuition. Another one is that we're not allowed to make grants where the donor might get something in return. So let's say that they attended a, a charitable auction and they purchased an auction item there. We can't pay for them to receive that auction item. So, mm -hmm. so it's we can't receive, we can't pay for anything or make, I shouldn't say pay for anything. We can't make a distribution where the donor is going to be receiving a benefit. And then also if the donor has made a legally binding pledge to an organization, um, we are not able to make that pledge, that payment of that pledge on their behalf. So that would be another item um, as well. And then also we can't do lobbying or political campaigns. We can't make distributions to those organizations sure. either. Yeah, we don't deny too many grants every year, but a few of them always come up. Mm -hmm. And it's um, and usually it relates to that tuition stuff or or adoption mm -hmm. support going yeah. directly to a specific person. And and uh, but yeah, and, and oftentimes through conversation we're able to clear things up with the donors' intentions were. Right. But we all you know just kind of ask the questions sometimes just to make sure that we're able to do that. We're able to make the distribution. Absolutely. Um, question that came up here: Is there a minimum amount to start a DAP with us, and has it changed at all over the years? Um, it has. It's ten thousand dollars is the initial gift to open up a stewards fund at Barnabas Foundation, and. That has not changed since the Stewards Fund started, I believe. Um, I it has so. always been $10,000. So $10,000 in that initial gift. Thereafter, there's no minimum size gift to, to the account. Unlike some of our friends in the industry, we don't charge minimum balance fees. We don't charge minimum annual fees and stuff like that. So if you happen to bleed your account down from that $10,000 and has 100 bucks in it, and then a few years later, you want to put some more money in it? That works too. Um, absolutely, you know, we're very yeah. flexible with how we support uh, all these wonderful. Yeah, we're happy folks. to open up those accounts again, mm -hmm. and, and if they're refunded, yep, yep, it's really easy. So while the money's here, mm -hmm. can they invest it? They can. Um, donors have about five different options um, to to invest the account in that they can recommend that the account be invested in, and those range from a conservative fund option to aggressive growth option. So they can choose one of those five for their account. 
or they can keep it in cash. Um, that's always an option as well. We recommend that you keep about two, a year or two years worth of giving in cash and maybe invest the other portion of it because if there's any volatility in the market and you want to make a gift, you want to make sure that that cash is available for you to make that gift. Right, absolutely. Um, and we've, um, we've we've got a phenomenal investment program here. I have I also oversee the investment process, so I could <laughs> a little well, biased. <laughs> I could be a little biased on that. But our performance of late has been absolutely fantastic. And Mark, your question here about gains, losses, dividends, and so forth. If you are if you're invested just on our cash equivalents fund, we do try to invest it to produce some level of yield. These days, it's really difficult given where mm -hmm. bank rates are at. But I think our fund yields around 40 basis points on a cash only fund. Mm -hmm. um, but if you were invested in any of our other funds, all the interest and in, in dividends and in, in capital gains that would all accrue back to you, um, net of whatever investment manager fees that we're paying. Yeah, I think it's important to note, Kurt, that it accrues back to the account. The right. donor doesn't recognize Correct. personally any of that income and that additional money to distribute to charity on their personal tax form. It mm -hmm. accrues in the account, but the donor's not tax situation is not impacted at all by that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I'm a, one other thing, I'm going to read this question here. I have a stock in a French company trade on the Paris Stock Exchange. It's easier to transfer the two... Uh, Greater European missions, European business rather than American business. Is there an advantage to doing either option? Um, good question. Um, it would potentially be beneficial for you to make a direct contribution to the European business to provide it. you can get the tax benefit from it. If you're a U.S. Mm -hmm. taxpayer, you may not be able to. So you may still be beneficial giving it um, to a U.S.-based uh, DAF or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, the fact that it's traded on the Paris Stock Exchange doesn't concern me much because we do have some international capabilities of holding things that are held outside the United States, um, but we'd have to just talk through you. Right. And so if you wanted some further information about that or would like to engage us in conversation, you can reach us here at Barnabas Foundation, and I'll share with you our phone number here at the end, but you can call us and we'll be happy to talk to you about your mm -hmm. specific security comment. Um, is there a specific time frame that the account must distribute all of its assets? No, there isn't. I mean, there have been um, some accounts that have been here for a number of years. So there is no requirements with the donor advised fund as far as a minimum amount that you have to distribute every year or how long it can be at the organization. Great questions coming in. I love this next one too. Can you set up automatic monthly giving to various charities? Yes, this is one of my favorite things about the donor advised fund is your ability to do recurring gifts. You set it up once. We often see people do this with their church giving. You set up the, the grant one time and, and tell us how frequently you want it to be sent out. And then it, it is automatically sent out at that frequency until you put an end date on it or you tell us to stop it. It will just continue to send that grant out. Excellent. Um, is there a maximum deduction to be taken in one year? Yes. And it changes this year. It changed, has changed for the last two years. Under current law, you can deduct 100% of your adjusted gross income um, currently from both cash and, and non-cash related gifts. Non-cash gifts are still limited to 30% of your adjusted gross income and mm -hmm. cash gifts can make up the remainder up to 70% of your, or uh, the remaining 70% of your adjusted gross income to wipe out your full tax liability. Yes last year and this year. However, at the end of this year, <laughs> it reverts back to the prior 60% threshold, which yes. was still 30% non-cash, 30% or up in the remaining 30% could be covered with cash gifts or the full amount, full 60% could be done with cash, correct? Correct. However, donor advised funds are still limited to 50% of your adjusted gross income. So it's different. So it, it takes some tax planning. We'd love to, you know, work with you and helping you to figure that out. Mm -hmm. So if that's, if you're in that, that situation, please contact us and we'd be happy to talk through your specific 
situation on that. Absolutely. And that's the work that we've been doing for 45 years is mm -hmm. having Cindy and our planning team available to talk with these supporters of one of all these wonderful ministries about these questions mm -hmm. to make sure that we choose the right information and write out the scenario so that you know exactly what you should be doing and how best to take advantage of the tax mm -hmm. benefits of this giving. Um, two other questions I want to come back to here in just a second. I want to come back to What's a cost? You know, everybody's always going to ask, what's the cost of a donor sure, advice fund? Sure, yeah. So we we call it an asset management reimbursement because it really is reimbursing Barnabas Foundation for managing the account, for being able to make the distributions to charities, for receiving the contributions from the individuals, liquidating those contributions. And so it's based on an account balance. So for account balances of 250000 or less, it's 1%. And usually that 1% is covered by earnings in the account. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, a, it's a sliding scale. Um, after that, obviously, as the balance goes up, that percentage goes down. Um, but, but for most accounts, $250,000 or less, it's going to be 1% annual. Mm -hmm. And then as your balance grows or it grows above that, the sliding scale on each new level is at a charge at a lower rate Correct. as you move up that scale, mm -hmm. certainly. Um, so question, can you name, can I name my DAF or a DAF in my will and how does that work? Sure, you can. You can name a, a donor advised fund in your, in your will. It will come to Barnabas Foundation. So mm -hmm. in, your, in your will, you're going to want to list Barnabas Foundation as a charitable recipient. And then at Barnabas Foundation, you would instruct us how you want that, that account to be set up and what your, your goals are after you pass away with that. And with those estate-based accounts, they don't have to be distributed all at once necessarily. Mm -hmm. They can be done over time mm -hmm. and they can be done through recurring grants set mm -hmm. up for whatever. So anybody would like to do that more yeah. complex kind of planning, again, feel free to contact our planning, talk mm -hmm. to our office, talk to one of our planners, talk with Cindy, and we can help design the solution that works best for yeah, you and your family. Lots of flexibility with Absolutely. that. You can, yeah, as creative as you want to get, we're yeah, happy absolutely. to help work through that. Um, one of the creative things too, I've seen a few donors do um, is fund some donor advice funds for their kids at Christmas time yeah. as a Christmas gift. And so interesting thing to do if you have the means to do so and want to encourage your kids to be giving some money away, um, you could make a gift mm -hmm. and set up a DAF for them to give away. So it's a little fun experiment yeah. to, to do with your family. Um, can you walk us through a couple of simple scenarios that would demonstrate the value of the DAF and why it would make sense for the donor? Do you sure. have a couple of thoughts sure. in your head that you could share? Yeah, one, one I think that is probably most common is someone who wants to gift appreciated stock, but they want to benefit eight different charities. It is um, onerous for them to give to get to gather all of the stock transfer information from each of those eight charities. So they can make a gift of that appreciated stock to their donor advised fund. We liquidate the stock and then they can distribute that out to their favorite charities. Um, another most very common is what Kurt alluded to before is the bunching where someone wants to maybe take itemized deductions every other year. That would be another example of where giving to a donor advised fund would be helpful because it allows you to make that gift in one year and then distribute those gifts to your favorite charities over the next two years. Another great example would be real estate. If someone has some, let's say farmland, for instance, that they've been holding highly appreciated, makes sense for them to gift that farmland to the donor advised fund, we sell the, that farmland, and then that is their charitable giving for maybe the next five to 10 years. So those are some of some common examples that we see regularly mm -hmm. at Barnabas Foundation. And the key there is why give the asset is the avoidance of the capital gains. Correct. Right? The avoidance mm -hmm. of the tax on the appreciation that you have in that asset. And that's what you'll often hear us talk about the fact that gifts like this, gifts of non-cash asset is actually less expensive for mm -hmm. the donor to make. 
as if you if you're supporting a charity at ten thousand dollars a year, you're writing a check for ten thousand dollars. If you're able to give ten thousand dollars worth of stock, you have an embedded tax liability on that gain, as well as the fact that you bought it at some price lower than that. So on paper, it's still just as expensive, right. but from a cash flow perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, it, uh, it it's just you, you're reducing kind of the cost of that, but the fact that you're you're maintaining your cash balance but giving yeah. an asset and eliminating that tax liability. Correct. It's really making a, a tax efficient gift, the most mm -hmm. tax efficient gift, and that's what we want to help supporters do so that they can give more. Because we really want to support the kingdom with as many dollars as we can. So it's just helping donors to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. A couple of questions came in: Is the asset management fee based on monthly balance or an average over time? We calculate it monthly, but yeah. prorated over a 12-month period. So essentially, we take one-twelfth of that calculated fee each month um, and deduct it again from earnings um, has always been our mantra around here. Yeah. Um, with interest rates falling, we have purposely not dipped into the value of the gift. Right. Um, and so we've actually just, as yields have come down below that 1% mm -hmm. threshold, we've just reduced our fee yeah. um, in this environment for, the, mm -hmm. for that reason. And we don't want to be taking some of your gift money just to pay our, right. uh, our management fees or our, our, our salaries and, yeah. and keep the lights on here. Um, one other question that came in is about successor advisory yeah. capabilities. And so yeah, you fund asked. an account, mm -hmm. you know, can someone else recommend grants after your, after your passing? Yes, definitely. So when an account is opened, you have the option to either list charities to receive the balance of that account after your passing, or you could list successor advisors. And those individuals would have the option to distribute the account right away, or they could distribute it over time as well. So there's a, there's a couple different options that that you have with mm -hmm. with listing um, successor advisors or charities after you pass. It's wonderful within the donor advice fund law. There's so much flexibility mm -hmm. that we're able to design these solutions to meet individual specific uh, charitable, generous yeah. charitable Christians with their goals and objectives of supporting their favorite ministries mm -hmm. over their be, for their lifetime as well as well beyond their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's one of the best tools ever invented from a charitable mm -hmm. giving perspective. Um, some of those folks listening might be thinking, how do I get started? Yeah, so really easy. So to open a Barnabas Foundation Stewards Fund, you can go to our um, our website, www.barnabasfoundation.com. And there is a great blue button there that says Stewards Fund. Click on that button and it will take you to a page where you can click on one more button to get to the application. And as simple as filling out that application and then informing us, you know, in the application, how you're going to fund the account, whether it's going to be a cash gift, stock gift, and then you'll hear back from us that the account is, is available, ready to receive your gift, and you're off and running. Excellent. And if you have any questions ever during the process, you're always welcome to contact Cindy or any member of her team. We're always here and available, and we, we consider it an honor and a privilege, quite honestly, to serve uh, all these wonderful charities we're able to part with yeah. and all of you wonderful supporters that are, are, are just blessing those ministries with the funds needed to do their wonderful work in their kingdom. Um, as we mentioned, you know, we are here and available to serve. Um, if you have any questions at all along the way or, or as you contemplate our donor advised fund structure and how it works, or if you're thinking about wanting to do something differently from a planning perspective, we are always available to help you. You can reach out at planning at barnabasfoundation.com, the address there on the screen, or call us at 888-448-3040. You can also reach out to the individual from one of the member ministries who invited you today that sent you the link to this broadcast. Um, as partners with us, they have direct contact with us as well. And if you feel more comfortable talking with them than us, feel free to contact them as well. We're here to just support and help you find the most tax efficient way to give to the charities near and dear to your heart.
Um, today's broadcast is part of a five-part series, and so this is week one, um, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about different types of giving. Uh, next week, we'll be comment, uh, talking about cryptocurrency, so if there's any cryptocurrency uh, investors out there and you now have gains in that, it is now an asset that you can make a gift of, And but there comes with some complexity uh, for you to do so, and so you can find uh, the rest of the series that we're having, including next week's um, at barnabasfoundation.com slash interactive. Um, in two weeks, we'll be talking about real estate and business gifts, um, something we've been doing a lot over the last lot, couple of years yeah. has been real Very estate popular. transactions uh, with asset prices up as much as they have mm -hmm. been. Um, so if that's something you're invested in or interested in giving, um, feel free to join us on uh, um, October 27th for that. Uh, November 3rd, we'll be talking about gifts from an IRA. Now, that doesn't apply directly to a donor advised fund, but giving from an IRA for those people over the age of 70 and a half is truly a massively tax-effective mm -hmm. way to give your favorite charities, and we'll be talking about the ins and outs of giving from an IRA. And then lastly, on November 10th, we'll be diving a little deeper into giving stock and marketable securities, something we touched on a bit today, and certainly something the donor advised fund does a great deal of. Um, and so with that, um, Cindy, thank you so much for your time yes. today and joining us, and thank you all uh, for joining us as well. We're, we're glad you were able to be here today, and we consider it an honor and privilege to serve you in the kingdom work that we're doing. Um, and with that, have a blessed day and a wonderful afternoon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. To learn how you can give to your church and other favorite ministries in smart and powerful ways, visit www.barnabasfoundation.com.